Hello everyone and welcome back to the Knockout Podcast episode 57 now. Um, we're back for another week of trying to make sense of this this weird and wacky sport that we follow. We've got spinning back elbows, we've got cancelled fights, we've got Diego Sanchez thinking he's going to be the target of some UFC hitman. We've really got it all. Um, <laughs> to join me as ever is, is Jack. Jack, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good and as you said... Um... That is, in many ways, just the wacky word of Diego Sanchez. Um, what are you going to do about him? Um, well, now, hopefully, he retires, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, um, I saw... Well, um, we'll I see. mean, we may as well jump into him now, I guess. I mean, Diego Sanchez has now been yeah. cut from the UFC. Um, I saw, again, Dan Hardy, who's not come out with some great takes recently, said, oh, I'd love to see him get picked up by Bellator or one. I was like, no, I'd love to see him retire, Why? please. <laughs> Please yeah. just just go. You've you've you know. There's Diego, a reason. Yeah. There's a reason he was the only one left from the original from from the original Ultimate Fighter. You know because he's absolute batshit crazy and <laughs> yeah. you know, kept fighting. So let's please just have him retire. Yeah, um, he's should have retired years ago to be honest. But he, he's kept on fighting in and putting on fairly awful fights I can't remember the last good Diego Sanchez fight um, so I mean some of them have been funny like the Michelle uh, Pereira one was like <laughs> not good from a fight standpoint but it was quite hilarious so I suppose he's got that going for him um, but no yeah I hope he retires and I don't hope anyone picks him up <laughs> let's hope not actually I will I do want to get one more like this, 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 this might be a live reaction to a bit of wonderful MMA news because you've been at work. Have you seen any news around Nick Diaz today? Oh, I have not. No. Okay. You, okay. Well, if you didn't give me the instant reaction, you definitely won't have seen it then. So I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just read the headline from this press release. Nick Diaz announces partnership with live cam leaders, strip chat. <laughs> what? Strip chat, so, the leading free live camming platform that averaged over 400 million visits per month, today announced a partnership with American mixed martial artist Nick Diaz. As part of this partnership, Diaz will host a two hour strip chat live stream session in the near future, in which he will invite popular cam girls to his Nick Diaz Academy <laughs> in California and teach them the basics of self-defense. Nick's fans can also claim 50 free tokens to explore the site and tip the MMA star. Thoughts? Oh, well, Nick Diaz living his best life, it seems. Um, fair enough. I mean, if you uh, wanted a more <laughs> MMA bit of news, that is it. Apparently, according to one of the people at Strip Chat, he's got the ideal work hard, play hard mentality. So that's something for you. <laughs> oh, mean... fair enough. Um, very strange. <laughs> but but in a way, I can't say I'm surprised. Um, honestly, makes perfect sense. Um Maybe not for Nick Diaz. I don't know if I would have suspected Nick Diaz, but certainly a lot of MMA fighters that would. Yeah, I don't. I was waiting for like Wayne Rooney next week to like teach them how to do keepy uppies or something. Yeah, (laughs) there's there's really a market for this. Very bizarre, but um, yeah, I don't know. Fair play. He's probably. I don't. I mean, like better that than him probably coming back to fight because at this point, he's quite old and like with how fairly abusive the UFC's matchmaking can be, he'd probably just get thrown in to like someone to be murdered. Like I could, could not imagine. Like, yeah, 
I don't know. I don't know who I want to see Nick Diaz fight. It's probably no one. So yeah. So you know, I never, I never, and... I never, I never thought I'd say this, but the immortal words "stick to strip chat, Nick." That, that's, <laughs> that's that's maybe the uh, the the advice I'd give you. Bizarre. I mean, I don't know what on earth you're supposed to make of that, but you don't, you don't, you don't get any retired sports stars in any other sport going on gaming, you know, online strip channels or whatever the hell it is, but. That's just MMA for you, but less of that, less of, less of you know, <laughs> people who get punched in the head too much and decide to do weird stuff post retirement. Um, let's actually get into some fights. We've got uh, obviously we're a bit later in the week, um, but we've got a few fights we can look over from the weekend, and we've also got what was supposed to be um, Sandhagen versus Dillashaw, which was a very exciting matchup um, that was cancelled because Dillashaw got a quite a nasty cut above his eye. Um, that's now being replaced with Marina Rodriguez, Michelle Watson, um, out of nowhere, really. But there's still there's still some fun fights to talk about on that card. But let's hop back to last week first. And we may as well start with the bizarrity, the bizarre entity that is Yuri Prochazka, um, who said he's not <laughs> going to spend £100,000 on girls or fast cars, but instead return to the forest to hone his craft i mean a bizarre man a bizarre style but he seems to get the job done Se- you know second round spinning elbow knockout and and it looked like a a pretty convincing win from from the get-go really uh yeah i think that um as we said i think like in the build-up and i think like that anyone that just has experienced yuri prochaska knows that he is really quite odd um and he fights like it uh, but it really does work for him. Like it, like it's very weird stuff he does. But it is like still a decent kind of process behind it. Like he knows kind of himself in terms of his own physical attributes. In that, like primarily, well, three main ones are that he's got from what I've seen fairly or to very good cardio. Like I've never seen him really get tired and he fights at a torrid pace. So um, like, although he's only, I suppose in the UFC gone um, two rounds, well, four rounds in total, but um, so yeah, so very good stamina. Um, he is insanely durable. Like some of the shots he took, like he, he got stunned once. I think he got stunned once by a, like by the thousandth Reyes left hand that landed. And then like, by an up kick, but like yeah. recovered fear, like basically instantly uh, on both of those. Um, so insanely durable. And then he hits very hard as well. Um, and kind of like putting all that together, you have the mix for a very good pressure fighter, like in terms of just physical attributes. And although it's a very weird way that he does it, he really does fight in a way to really just, poor pressure on you if despite the weird entries and all that stuff um he really does make use of those physical attributes in his style um so yeah i'd like i actually as weird as he is he's like i'm genuinely a fan and like i do enjoy him like and he's very fun for light heavyweight to be honest yeah he certainly had um in in this uzdemir and reyes fight in both these fights two of the highest paced and most entertaining I mean, looking back, the Ujdemir one was perhaps a bit more slow. This one, I think he really did pour on the pressure a lot more. Um, 
but yeah. two really interesting fights. And as you say, it's such a such a bizarre style. Not not necessarily the pressure element of it, but you know the hands are down the entire time. I remember I was watching the the Uzdemir fight back in preparation. And, you know, one one shot Uzdemir caught with, he just had his head just leaning out and Uzdemir just went, all right, I'll just left jab that and just jabbed his head <laughs> off. But he didn't move. I mean, the guy is, is clearly got a granite chin um, behind, yeah. that, behind that beard. Um, but yeah, an, an excellent performance. I mean, Reyes was, was pushed back early, sort of back against the cage and, and never really found a way to abate um, Prochanska's pressure because it was just unrelenting and seemingly as with most normal humans, if you sort of hit them hard, they'll, they'll back up. Prochanska just sort of like shakes it off and keeps and keeps on pushing forward. So I'm not really sure what it's going to take to, uh, to, to stop him. It's sort of, sort of like a, a light heavyweight um, pre pre Poirier and Alvarez lost uh, version of Justin Gaethje, just absolute yeah. unconventional nonstop forward carnage. Yeah, I think like qualify that in the sense that it is like heavyweight, so he's not as good, obviously, as Gaethje was. But um, but like in terms of like just the overall kind of approach to fighting, like yeah, but kind of very much in the same vein. Um, but yeah, I think that Reyes was really trying to. Well, I think so. To talk about Reyes now, like um, he was really and did kind of convince everyone, like me, us included, uh, that he was a good counterpuncher uh, for 205. Um, and I think that he's a decent counterpuncher in terms of, like, he has fairly decent timing and he's got okay power, um, but he really is just a left hand. Like, there is nothing more than that and it is just kind of, like, waiting on his opponent. He's got defensively he's very kind of like one note it is essentially just a high guard like he could do almost nothing um than just shell up and after Prochaska hit his body a few times emphatically um like showing one of the weaknesses of his high guard um he really didn't have any answers other than the left hand and it was kind of big shots to try and discourage Prochaska, which, as we've said, given the fact that he's got a granite chin and he's absolutely fearless, like single shots, single counter shots to discourage him just aren't really a game plan, I think, that's going to work consistently against him. Obviously, you might catch him with the good one and knock him out, um, but as an overall kind of like reliable plan, trying to counter with single shots isn't the way to go against Prochaska, I don't think. I think you need to kind of just focus on more like a kind of like touch him whilst backing up to like frustrate him and get him to kind of overswing whilst you kind of keep really on your toes and really don't plant and try to throw anything with too much force. Um, Yeah. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is is difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think back to his to his rise up the rankings. I, I certainly remember that, that, that Weidman knockout was a really good example of, of him um, countering, you know, slipping and landing the left hand. I always come back to that John Jones one. And, and especially in that, in those, in those first three rounds, 
his best work was moving forward, taking the fight to Jones. You know, those kicks, we've not, we've not seen him kick as well um, or as frequently since that Jones fight. And as you say, when he's, when he's moving back, um, there doesn't seem to be, uh, well, other than in that, um, that, that Weidman fight, he does struggle to do enough to, to shrug the opponent off you know, to, to, to stop them coming forwards or, or, or sort of set up his left hand. So it is uh, a bit of a worry, but then you look at, you look at who he's, who he's lost to in this three. And, and I think, I think there's probably been a bit of an overreaction. I think, I think he had, he did go up the rankings very fast, but I mean, let's not forget his, his, um, you know, losses have been to John Jones, you know, consensus light heavyweight greatest of all time. Uh, you know, Jan Blachowicz, who's, well, he, who he lost to for the title and who has then gone on to be Adesanya. And then Prochazka, who will probably fight next, if not the one after for the belt. So it's not like he's losing to, um, you know, rubbish fighters or, 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 or fighters that you wouldn't expect him to lose against or at least be capable of losing against. But I think he certainly has had a, a pretty tough sort of three-fight run of it and, and perhaps needs to just take a bit of um time off i was surprised actually that he came back this quickly after the blahovic fight although maybe it's been longer than i think these these sort of months have sort of i mean it, it wasn't it was nine months so these these months have just merged into one but i think there's certainly a case now that um they need to go back and, and look at looking at looking at adding more elements to the game because as you say if you if you stay clear of that left hand or at least in Prochaska's case have an iron chin that that can mean you can take the shots then he's not got sort of enough to to offer offensively or or, or enough seemingly to keep him out of harm's way no um yeah I think he does need to really go and kind of kind of rethink and like revamp it still really he needs to um in many ways just I think change like change his approach to fighting in many ways. I think that he kind of managed to athlete his way up the rankings um, whilst being fairly limited, being basically um, a straight left and a left high kick. Um, and but and we did see a few more elements in the Jones fight, um, but he does need to kind of like just come with a more kind of coherent process of like how he wants to have the fight that he wants, because as we saw here um, and in, I suppose in the Blackovich fight as well, he really wasn't capable of making the fight go into the areas that he wants it to be in. So yeah, I think some rethinking is needed from Reyes. And then, yeah, as you said, from Prochaska, um, I think that Blackovich and Glover are booked. Um, yeah, I think so. So I imagine that Prochaska probably just sits out and waits for the winner of that, to be honest. Um, yeah, I don't see anyone else Yeah, who who gets it ahead of him. Maybe uh, Rakic. Did he win his last fight? Who did he fight? Was it Anthony Smith? I think he fought Thiago Santos. Oh, he fought Thiago um, Santos. That oh god, in that one. So yeah, maybe there's a there's a eliminator between those two, but I imagine he's 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 no worse than than um, you know third next if 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 you take Glover to share it to be the, the next the next the next one up but a good performance from him and 
he he's certainly um, an exciting prospect for for whoever he faces next. Um, yeah. Co-main event: uh, Chikadze Cub Swanson. Uh, we you know Chikadze is slowly sort of building his way up the featherweight um, rankings, and, and and this certainly represented his his high profile win. Um, you know, I think on on commentary, um, Bisping said it quite well. Um, you've either got to be all the way in or all the way out against Chikadze. And and Swanson Swanson just found it awfully difficult to cut the range to get in past those kicks and um, Chikadze varying it well, going setting him up with a, with a few kicks to the head and then coming through with that deadly um, kick to the liver and that 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 was all she wrote. So a really good performance from him. I mean, there's not there's not too much to say because that only went on for well 63 seconds. Yeah, um, I think that as you said, Giga did do a good job. Like very early, as soon as um, Cub tries to kind of like the first time he tried to close the distance, I think Giga hit him with like a solid leg kick and a like a straight. Um, so he like really early kind of established in Cub's mind that like I'm the much longer fighter, and if you just step past this certain range, you're going to get hit with something. And I think it did a very good job of discouraging Cub from. Um, or like essentially just doubting his own entries and really kind of made Cub try and solve the puzzle of how to get in. And that allowed uh, Chikedzi to kind of go to work at the long range whilst Cub was kind of in the process of trying to figure out the best way to get in on him. Um, but before he could figure that out, obviously, like Giga set up his kicking range and he's very effective from there, clearly, and hit a lovely liver kick. Um, so, yeah, no, it was... A very nice kick and um it'll be interesting to see where Giga goes. Um because he's not really like been one for like this I think he's only second only his second finish uh in the UFC and it's come against his stiffest test, which is um a bit odd. So maybe he's like kind of the guy that fights up to his um level of competition or maybe literally just caught him with like the one shot in a hundred that <laughs> puts the that's right in the liver, right in the right spot and puts his man down. Um, so no, it'd be interesting to see kind of if Giga can continue to put on kind of like these more emphatic performances as opposed to kind of like his previous fights have been, he's like, he's clearly won, but he's never kind of like, it hasn't seemed like he's pushed out of like second or third gear. Yeah, it's... Um... I mean, I think he called out Max Holloway after the fight. Oh, I mean, no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's the one you want, or at least the one Max is gonna um, accept. But there's certainly um, a lot of options out there at, at the uh, at the featherweight. Um, Eon Kuzlaba, Justin Jacoby. I can't say I caught this one, but um, trust Eon Kuzlaba to be the guy who, uh, a few weeks on from the Jeremy Stevens Drakkar close way in debacle to be the one to grab the opponent's neck at the next way in and, you know, just set a great example of how to behave at a way in, but that's Kutalaba for you. Um, three other decisions that we previewed um, last week, Sean Strickland, Jocko, um, Sean Strickland getting the win, Devalish Villy defeating Cody Stamen and our girl on the prelims, Luma, Look, Boomy defeating Sam Hughes. Which which one of those did you watch, if any, and, and which, which one caught um, your eye? I watched Devashvili and Stamen and Loma Look 
and Loma Hughes. And I also caught, because I heard it was very good after the fact, I caught uh, Brown Kamaka. Um, so I thought, uh, so yeah, I'll start with Devashvili, I suppose. Um, I think I mean not too much to say. Um, but I thought that Cody Stamen is like a very good test for bantamweights. Like he is like in the kind of like most well-meaning like sense of the word, a very good gatekeeper. Um, if you're kind of trying to test a bantamweight prospect, putting them up against Cody Stamen is one of the best ways to do it because he will test you in all phases. And as you saw here, Devashvili had a much harder time uh, getting his takedown game going, like compared to like normally where he hits like 20 takedowns a fight or whatever he hits. Um, he had a tough time getting it going and he also had a fairly tough time um, with Stamen's jab. Um, so yeah, I thought Stamen did a very good job and it was a very close fight, but um, Devashvili is like... I found it's like he is quite samey or like limited in like his takedown entries. It's very much a kind of like one, two blast double. And he does that consistently, but he's clearly very good at it. Um, but he is very good in that he knows that he's got essentially endless cardio, um, which is just basically a cheat code. Like even if he's doing like the wrong things, it doesn't matter because it's not making him tired. So he can just carry on and keep going. And he's cut like an overtime. He was just good at kind of like implementing what he wanted to do on Stamen and just kind of like wore him down with that. Um, in summary, um, Cody Stamen is a very tough test uh, for most bantamweight prospects and is a good gatekeeper to have around. Uh, Devashvili is sort of limited, but his endless cardio uh, kind of like makes up for it. And over time, he has a way of applying his game um, on his opponents because he can just keep going and keep doing anything he wants, really. Yeah, no, I think it was a, a solid performance from him. I still, as he said, I, I still think there is an element that he he might come unstuck against some of the um, opposition sort of further up the tree. Um, I still think there's perhaps not too much of an element of disguise, as you said, with some of his stuff, but the pace he sets is, is pretty intense. So one thing I was impressed with and, and I hadn't quite realized is, is the level of wrestling um, that the Stamen had. I mean, there was some yeah. really fun wrestling exchanges in there. Uh, I mean, we mentioned the other two, um, decisions I may as well take my plodding man Sean Strickland I mean just sort of came and came out of nowhere but plods around um, very slowly and, um, <laughs> but seems to just get the job done um, a solid 30, 30 30 27 30 27 29 28 decision against Jocko um, I think he was 15th in the rankings before I mean who knows what they actually mean but he's at least a guy that I think has perhaps found a weight that he's that he's comfortable at and yeah i think with 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 the middleweight division where it looks like you know you there is opportunities um to to work your way up pretty quickly i think i think he's someone who could who could find himself in sort of a a Derek Brunson sort of esque position within within a couple of fights so it'll be interesting to see if if he can um pull someone from above him but an interesting an interesting fighter um even if he has been around for quite a while 
Um, and then I'll go at the bottom. Luma looked boomy. Um, 29, 28, all round. She said she felt a bit sluggish in the post, uh, post-fight presser. I mean, what I, what I certainly found surprising, um, especially in the first round, and I can't remember how it continued as the fight went on, but Sam Hughes just willingly walking into the clinch, almost initiating the clinch, which, you know, I, I, I'm no uh, MMA tactician and, and, and far from me to tell Sam Hughes how to win a fight. But I would say that going into the clinch uh, willingly against Luma Labumi is, is not the percentage play to win <laughs> a, uh, a fight against her, but a good, a good win from her. Uh, no, yeah. Uh, Loma really did kind of like boss her around in the clinch in this fight, uh, which was kind of... But I really do like Loma Lukbuni, but I think that there is kind of an extent that she struggled to kind of get her in-space striking game going in the UFC. And I think that she did struggle again here. Um, like, you see it kind of like in glimpses. You see her kick quite well. Like, she'll kick to the body or, like, faint kicks and come up to the head. I think she did that, like, in the second or third round. Um, and she will do that quite well. But I think, I don't know what, like, whatever it is, maybe just in the kind of transition over to MMA, she has struggled, I think, to get her kind of, like, full arsenal of, like, stand-up weapons going, um, which has meant that she has relied on the fact that she is like far and away like so much better in the clinch than basically everyone she's fighting um and from there like is which does easily her best work um and she has actually really like adapted that quite well for mma it's like particularly in this fight she used it to take top position um multiple times um and is doing better now at kind of like maintaining that top position and kind of doing effective work on the ground. Um, so still very, very solid in the clinch um, and has just has an advantage against basically everyone uh, she fights there. Um, but I would, as she kind of like gets more comfortable and she moves up the rankings, I would like to see her um, kind of bringing a more like complete uh, kind of game in and threaten people more with her striking. Yeah, I think she's definitely going to need that, especially, as you say, as she moves up, I think. Uh, she is someone, alongside maybe Michelle Wharton, who we'll get onto later, who would would thrive in a in a hypothetical atom weight division. Yeah. Um, so I think certainly um, having having sort of well the 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 need to die to diversify her her attacks and and her ability as you say to to get off a full repertoire of striking game, especially as you come up against. Um, the bigger guy, the bigger girls in the division. I think certainly against um, Angela Hill, she 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 struggled with that. But we'll see. And she's certainly one who will obviously keep our eyes on. Um, that was basically it from that card on the weekend. So we may as well turn our attention to the fights happening this week. Obviously, as we said at the start, uh, we lost. Dillashaw versus Sandhagen 2-9, which is a shame. But there's still um, a, a good number of intriguing fights on the card. What What's the one that's sticking out for you as, as your one to keep an eye on? Um, probably, it's actually a difficult one. There are um, the ones that I'm 
the one that I'm probably most initially kind of intrigued by would be uh, Carlos Diego Ferreira versus Greg Gillespie. Um, but I think, which is like, I think will be a very fun fight. But the more I think about it, like the more that I think it really should favour Gillespie. Um, Benil Dariush had not an, like Dariush and um, Ferreira was a very good fight, but Dariush did have quite a lot of success managing to get takedowns and hold down uh, Ferreira. Like in the first round, I think he did it mostly off a knockdown, but still as the fight kind of went on, uh, he managed to get those takedowns and spend some time in top position. So Gillespie, who is absolutely relentless at chasing takedowns, like really is pretty one track minded in what he wants to do when he gets in there. Um, I think we'll go to that early and I think we'll have to see how uh, Freire can kind of threaten him and try and kind of discourage him from doing that. Um, because I think it will be difficult for Ferreira to get kind of like his pressure game going on the feet. Um, Gillespie is like not amazing on the feet, but he does have a fairly decent and at least fairly powerful jab. Um, so I think he could use that to kind of like as the, the basis to kind of press forward um, and get Ferreira kind of against the cage and shoot in. Although one thing I have like kind of noticed about Gillespie is he really shoots from very far away. Like for MMA, you see like most takedowns, a lot of them come either from the clinch or like from very close range shots. Uh, Gillespie shoots from miles, which is really what got him in trouble against Kevin Lee uh, because Lee was a good enough wrestler and had quite a low stance um, that he was able to just really like Gillespie wasn't even able to get close with the te- with the range he was shooting on those takedowns. Um, so with that, with the like length of like how far out the takedowns come, um, Ferreira could either do a good job of just generally avoiding them, like he's got decent wrestling, um, but also if he sees it from a long way out, he can maybe like you have more time to like set up the submission. Um, so I think it could be a bit dangerous from Gillespie if you're shooting from really far out. Um, Ferreira could catch, uh, like snatch an X. So it'll, yeah, it'll be an interesting fight. Um, uh, think that it will, we'll probably get some fun grappling exchanges, um, for as long as it lasts. And I think it'd be, I expect it to be a fairly high paced and fun fight. Yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd echo everything you said. I think especially against, Dariush, I expected perhaps um, Dariush not to go to the wrestling as much because I thought there would be a, a greater threat from Ferreira on the bottom. Um, and, and maybe maybe um, he was expecting that too. And, and so that sort of took him by surprise. But um, certainly against Gillespie, you know what Gillespie is going to be looking to do. So yes. I imagine he will have put in some work in terms of either keeping it off the ground or if he does get on the ground, sort of trying to work something from the from the back, however difficult that is going to be. Um, but yeah, I think that promises to be quite a fun one. And 
certainly uh, a an interesting test for Gillespie, who uh, was supposed to be coming back against Riddell a couple of weeks ago, but this will be his first fight since, well, mid-2019 when when that uh, Kevin Lee fight happened. Um, I think I think the one for me that is is interesting to me the more I think about it is is the Neil Derby uh, as 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 <laughs> as, as you Derby. coined it before we went on uh, <laughs> Neil Magny versus Jeff Neil um, Neil Magny Neil who Neil. is who is sort of I guess if 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 we're talking about that um, you know Cody Stamen in the bantamweight I think Neil Mag- Magny probably takes up quite a uh, a similar position in the welterweight division in terms of a, a, a tricky customer. That, that you've got, you know, that is well-rounded in most assets um, and, and you need to be sort of very good to to get past him. Uh, he had a good win over probably Lawler. Was that his last fight? Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> um, no, against Michael Chiesa, he lost. Oh, yeah. Um, in that five-round fight a while back. Uh, Jeff Neal coming off that um, disappointing performance uh, against Wonderboy, um, you know, stepping up. That was that was quite a big step up after knocking out Mike Perry, um, but this is sort of a step back, sort sort of like Luke. Um, he sort of went up, fought Wonderboy, and then has come back down to the pack. Um, this is a fun fight. Obviously, I said you know Magny that has he is sort of like the MMA meta, the sort of like grindy, high paced, up against the cage, initiate the clinches, maybe takedowns. Um, he's obviously massive uh, size and reach. Um, and you've got Jeff Neal, who will just march forward um, with the left hand and 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 look to look 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 to use his power. I think this could be a fun one. Hopefully, um, Jeff Neal has has worked on some stuff uh, since 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 the Wonder Boy fight. Because I guess probably in a similar sense with 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 Reyes, he can't he can't rely on that just sort of like setting up the left hand and sort of a lot of athleticism. There needs to be a bit more um, mystery behind setting up those shots. But I think that's yeah. a, a really fun fight um, that I can, yeah. I can, I can, I can see going both ways, probably similar to the Fajera Gillespie fight. Yeah. Um, I think I'd echo kind of like your points on Neil. He's a very like, he's quite a slow paced fighter. That's content to kind of like do not very much for decent periods before he then just absolutely explodes into something trying to take your head off. And he is very much kind of like in that sense, I'd like to see him kind of have a bit more of a kind of overall process to kind of like point score and like build attritive damage and kind of like set traps rather than just kind of like waiting, throwing out of like he does, like he throws out feints, stuff like that, but really is, waiting for that burst to catch you um i'd like to see him kind of like basically put money in the bank a little bit more and also he's very much a headhunter so in that sense i'd like to see him go to the legs which has been very effective against magni in the past if you beat up his legs so and also to the body as well uh, which i think is something that got him in a bit of trouble in the wonder boy fight because he he didn't mix it up enough in that regard and Wonderboy is very elusive and I think that he would have really benefited from kicking his legs a little bit there. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see Magni not... I'd like to see Jeff Neal, the other Neal, um, <laughs> uh, mix it up in terms of where he's striking his targets. So yeah, 
but no, as you said, it it will be a it will be a fairly fun fight. Neil Magny's tough, um, so like he'll make it a scrap basically, no matter what. Um, elsewhere, we we sort of jumped jumped around, but but sandwiched. Uh, well, I say sandwiched. Um, sandwiched at the bottom of the card, if that's even a thing. Uh, uh, Amanda Hebas, Angela Hill. Um, Angela Hill coming off a good win against someone whose name escapes me, but um, I think she went crazy with the elbows, if memory's Ashley Yoda. Uh, and Amanda Hebas coming off that uh, loss, that knockout loss um, against the main eventer, Marina Rodriguez. I mean, always, always, always get a good fight. Um, off Angela Hill. I mean, her her resume in terms of who she's taken on in the strawweight division is just crazy. I think she's she 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 rarely gets um, much of a layup in terms of allowing her to to go up the up up the rankings. But what we've always said with her, and I think still stands true, is is there is the constant uh, improvement in 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 all of her fights against Yoda. Perhaps didn't get to see all of that, but this is a good test against someone um, like Amanda Hebas, who, you know, probably would have been in that main event spot if she'd have beaten Marina Rodriguez, but certainly carries a lot of um, talent and certainly promising, uh, what's it, promising good, good wins against the likes of uh, Randa Marcos and, and Mackenzie Dern. Uh, yeah, uh, Angela Hill, like, I thought she looked, uh, I thought she looked great against uh, Yoda last time. I think she, like, still improving. I think she very nearly got the finish on a couple of occasions. Um but I think that one thing that so in that fight, I, if I remember, she went like whilst trying to finish Yoda, um, which was on multiple occasions. As I said, she often got taken down because I think she just put too much into it. Essentially, tried to got a bit carried away and then got taken down. And that's something in this fight, not necessarily once she's got her and nearly finish her, but just overall, she will have to be wary about the takedowns against Hebash, um, who that is like generally what she wants to go out there and do. And she's fairly dangerous when she's on the ground. She's got a pretty good submission game. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Hill can cope with that. But yeah, like Hill does still continue to improve on the feet, like has a decent kind of like pressure and counter punching game going now. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be, that'll be actually a really fun fight. And I, always enjoy Angela Hill fights. So, um, yeah, I mean, excited for that one. Yeah, certainly a good one to open up the card. Um, we, as I said, we are jumping sort of up and down all over the card. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to swiftly move past, um, Marcos Rogerio de Lima versus Maurice Green. Cause I'm not quite sure how that sort of weaseled its way into the, uh, well, fourth, fourth last fight on the card. Uh, Cerrone versus Alex Morono. Um, that was supposed to be Cerrone versus Sanchez. I, I can't say I've got too much, to say on this but Morono coming in on short notice um, we'll, we'll see actually I think they're well no uh, Cerrone's last fight was against Nico Price but they've both got common recent opponents in um, Anthony Pettis uh, both losing <sighs> fun fight I guess maybe I mean who knows what Cerrone really offers at this stage but could be a good opportunity for Morono coming in on late notice yeah uh, I don't have much to say about this either Um but yeah, it should be um, it should be fairly interesting. Donald Cerrone, um, like especially against kind of like these days against young up and comers, will generally put on like quite a fun fight. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see what Morono's got for him, really. 
All right, let's go to the main event. Um, bizarre sort of circumstances surrounding this one, obviously, as I said, for about, probably the millionth time. Um, not the original main event, but this one wasn't um, one that was scheduled to take place on this card. This has been drafted on, on, a, on a week's notice rather than promoting one of the, uh, the other fights to the main event um, slot. Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Watson. Uh, Marina Rodriguez coming in uh, off that knockout victory against Amanda Hebas. And Michelle Watson, whose last fight, was it Angela Hill? Um, it was a split decision victory over Amangela Hill. Angela Hill. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what the thinking is behind putting this one on in on late notice. Um, you never really know what you're going to get with Michelle Watson. Whether whether you're going to get her sort of um, faint jabbing, sort of five foot away from her opponent, or whether you're going to get a fun fight like we did with Angela Hill, Marina Rodriguez. I'm quite interested in. Obviously, got a lot of power at the weight uh well i say obviously i mean she knocked out her last opponent which is rare in the women's um strawweight division but i can't say i've seen too much of her. i remember seeing the Esparza loss which is pretty unlucky um but I, I, i'm not really sure why this fight has managed to work its way up to a main event i don't think it's particularly main event level maybe it's just the fact that it's a, a women's fight and they know that watson and rodriguez can probably go five rounds but any huge analytical thoughts that, that you want to sort of bestow upon me that, that I haven't thought of? Um, not particularly. I think that uh, Marina Rodriguez is quite interesting. Um, she's like a fairly, like, as you said, a good puncher, like for the weight class. Um, she hits very hard and she's fairly decent at like, kind of like, applying it and knowing how to use it. She's got like a, a fairly decent kind of like counter right hand. Um, the one thing that, so I think that with Watson, who will be kicking a lot and trying to jab from very far out. Um, but, uh, and also the fact that Mar- Rodriguez is um, quite a lot bigger than her. Um, I think that, I can see Waterson getting cracked on the way in. I think that's something that's we'll see a few times probably. Um, but then on the kind of like flip side is that Rodriguez's takedown defense isn't the best. Um, and Watson's like not a hugely kind of like deadly offensive wrestler or um, submission threat, but she will go to it. It is something that she kind of like has in her arsenal. Um, so I expect it to actually be a fairly competitive fight with um, Watson being able to kind of like score takedowns to kind of like relieve the pressure on her and Rodriguez being able to kind of like crack her on the feet and hurt her and possibly put her away. Um, I also think that Watson has somewhat... Well, it's interesting. Both uh, both of these seem to like kind of get their reads in fights over time. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the late rounds go if they get there. Um, both kind of like taking time to kind of like develop the game plan in the fight. So that's about it. Um, I'd probably take Marina Rodriguez, to be honest, at this point. Watson is on kind of like, I think she's quite late in her career. I feel like she's been around for a while. Um so kind of just from that, I think that Tate Rodriguez is like the up and comer. And I think that would be more interesting for the division as well. So 
I'm going with Rodriguez. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think I, I fancy uh, Rodriguez to get the job done. Uh, but that's about it for for that card and 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 probably um, this this podcast as a whole. Um, we'll be back. <laughs> as, well, not not as a whole in terms of shutting down, but at least <laughs> at least at least at least for this week. That that sounded week. rather uh, rather dramatic, more dramatic yeah, than it, it it needs to be. Um, but we'll be back next week uh, to preview some of the action from the weekend or to review some of the action from the weekend, I should say, uh, and to look forward to UFC 262 at the weekend, which has lost uh, Edwards, Nate Diaz to UFC 263, but has got uh, Oliveira Chandler for the lightweight belt, Ferguson, Dariush as a co-main um, and Shane Burgos, Edson Barboza, which I've certainly got my eye on opening oh, up yes. that main card. Um, unless you've got anything else to, to, to say, Jack? Uh, no, I think that's it from me. Lovely stuff. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Um, have a good week, as ever, and uh, we'll see you for the next. See ya. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.